0: So, (laughs) good morning for the third and final time. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jordan, and I'm actually not the pastoral apprentice, I'm the local pastor here at Church 21, so there's been some changes that have taken place. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I want to give a warm welcome to everybody who's viewing online, and also all of you who are here in person. I know... uh, it feels like coming to a family reunion sort of if you've, you know, you've been away for a, a while and then you come and it, it's really good, but you also at the same time have that feeling like, ah, oh, it's just been too long, right? I've been away too long. Well, that's the feeling that I have today, um, but there's another feeling that I had coming in today, and that was that I struggled with the sort of inconvenience uh, of things. I was thinking about, you know, how having to wear a mask and having to socially distance, right? All of these are, these are sort of disappointing things. But I, wanna, I want to in that at the same time to say that despite the inconvenience of having to socially distance, despite the inconvenience of having to wear a mask, despite the inconvenience of not being able to sing, that our presence together as the people of God celebrating him as testament, that he is worth it that he is always worth it, whether we gather uh, around him together at home watching online or together here in person, that his spirit is with us and he is worth it to be together for him, is he not? Thank you, Lord. Um, And so his spirit is here, and so let's pray and ask for his help. Lord, I thank you that you are here with us. Spirit, I pray that you would come and set us a light for you. That you would expose the hidden recesses of the dirt in our hearts and make us more like yourself so that we can shine for you. Be present with us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start by doing a little game. I want everybody who's under 10 years old to stand up. Stand up, stand up. Everybody under 10, stand up. Is everybody standing up? Good. All right, so thank you for standing up. If you have stood up, you have now qualified for the upcoming competition. (laughs) This will not be too uh, difficult, but here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read a verse from the Bible, and based, if you know the Sunday school song or the children's song that it's based on, I want you to raise your hand and tell us what it is, okay? You understand that? Good. Okay, so let's start with the first one. Okay, so the first one is this. It's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, right there. Stella, okay, anybody else? Alright, right there. What song is it based on? You have no idea. Okay, is there anybody else? Up there in the back. Loud. You don't know. Does anybody know? Okay, we're going to raise the age, 15 years old. Does anybody know the song? The children's song? Okay, I'm going to tell you. It's Jesus loves me. I was a toughie. Okay, let's try again. This one one might be a little bit harder, but it's from Psalm 4-7. Okay? You have filled me with great joy. You have filled, actually, sorry, you have filled my heart with great joy, more joy than those who have wine and grain. You have filled my heart with great joy. All right, I have a hand right here. Go ahead. That's right. Good job. Give a round of applause. (laughs) All right, now that you get the idea, we're going to do it one more time. (laughs) Matthew 5.15, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill, a city whose light cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp or put it under a basket, but on a stand to give light to all. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and what's the second verse say? I'm going to let it shine and then hide it under a bushel. no. Uh, That's right. Yeah, (laughs) let it shine. All right. So this, this song is based on the verse that we have for us today, that you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. And when Jesus spoke this, if you have your Bibles, you'll see chapter five starts with him talking to the disciples, that the you here is the all. It's referring to the whole church. Now, is this what you think of when you think of the church? That the church is the light of the world. That we are good news people. A bright beacon of hope for the world. I mean, kids, this is like, you know, you're in your room at night and it's pitch black, dark. Like, all black. And then the night light turns on. And there's that feeling of like, phew. Is this what you think of when you think of the church? That the church is the light of the world? My guess is that for many of you, it's not. And so that means we have some work to do. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. How can we be the light of the world? And the answer is that we must be all seen reflecting Jesus. All seen reflecting Jesus. This is what it means to be the light of the world. And I'm going to explain each one of these in turn. The reflecting and the seen and the all. So what does it mean to be reflecting God? What does it mean to be seen reflecting God and all seen reflecting God? And if you can answer that, you can answer this is what it means to be the light of the world. And so, first, reflecting. Do you know what that word means? I brought something with me here. Nope, not that one. Wrong pocket. This one. Now, this is not a light, but what is it? That's right. And the thing about, what does a mirror do? That's right, it reflects. It bounces the light back, but it has no light in and of itself, does it? That's what it means to reflect. Did you know that the moon is a lot like that as well? The moon, kind of tricky. It looks like a light in the sky, but its surface is actually like a dull mirror that reflects the light of the sun. Let's talk about light for a minute. Let's think about what it is. In the Bible, there's two big ideas for light. One is knowledge, or wisdom, and the other is purity. So, knowledge, this is the first big idea, or wisdom. This is where we get the idea of knowledge as illumination. You see this if you're a McGill student. The old McGill library has fiat lux, which means let there be light, carved over its entrance. Because knowledge is understood as light. And in the Bible, knowledge doesn't just represent, uh, light is not just represented by knowledge, it's also represented by purity. Think of the sun, right? The sun, it scatters darkness. It's intense heat, like, exposes everything that can be seen, right? And it, like, it kind of cooks things. It exposes impurity. Or like the lights in your house, right? When you turn them up really, really, really bright, you see all the dirt, (laughs) In the cracks and in the corners, right? Or in the case of God's light, it exposes the dirt in you, in your heart. And so light in the Bible, these two big ideas, it represents purity and it represents wisdom. And so when Jesus says, you church are the light of the world, this does not mean, let me say this, be clear, This does not mean that we have it all figured out, that we have all the wisdom and that we have all the sort of moral moral purity in ourselves. No, what it does mean is that what Jesus is saying is that you are reflected light, that like the moon reflects the sun into the night, so you too are to reflect me into this dark world, that you reflect the light of the presence of God. And so I'm going to ask, I'm going to keep illustrating this here and do it in a slightly different way. So I'm going to ask Jesse and Don to actually turn the lights off. Um, And what's going to happen, of course, is that it's going to get a bit dark in here. But that's the point. If you're watching online, it's like you're here in person. You really can't see very much right now. And the reason I'm doing this is because I want to bring out a point. That before God said, let there be light in the beginning, it was darkness. A lot like this. The world was unformed and unfilled, lacking meaning. And what was true in the beginning of the universe was also true in our lives. (laughs) That apart from the light of God's word, we too are in the dark. That our lives lack meaning. And so what do we try and do? We look for it. In the face of darkness and death and meaninglessness, we look for a light in and of ourselves. What I have in my hand here, and you should not be able to see this well, is is glow stick or glow putty, glow in the dark putty. The reason you can't see it well is because it has no light in and of itself, which is like us. We have no light in and of ourselves, and yet we look inside ourselves trying to find it. We search, and we we look inside and look for wisdom and try and explain and give answers to the world, right? We look to our feelings to try and make sense of what is the right way to live. From when I was a very young person in elementary school, I was told there was a light within me. But in contrast to this, Jesus always said that we stumble in the dark because there is no light light within us there is no light within us and so what do we need we need a light to come from the outside and this is who jesus said he was that jesus the coming of jesus into the world is the coming of light into the world that jesus said himself i am the light of the world John would say to him, him that he's the true light that gives light to every man. He's the true light. That means there's no other light apart from him. There is no other wisdom apart from him. There is no other way to live purely apart from him. And so he shows us The way the world really is. His coming shows us the way the world is. And it shows us the way we really are. That when we come up close to him, what does it do? It begins to expose some of our dirt. We think we're pretty good, but then we come up close to him and we realize, oh, we're pretty messed up. We think we're smart, but then we come up close to him and we realize, well, we're pretty foolish, really. Actually, Jesus himself described himself as the wisdom of God. And so the light shows us who we really are when we come up real close to him. And actually, because of that, we we kind of want to hold back a bit, don't we? Keep some space. But here's the problem. If you think about it, like all life, life needs light in order to live light needs life in order to live life light keeps life alive and so if you want to come a light you must come to the light alive you must come to the light of the world if you want to come alive you also must come to the light of the world because jesus is the starter and the keeper of all life see if i turn this off okay it's not glowing very brightly but it does glow. How this works is it absorbs the light from this lamp and it holds some of it, right? And so you can hold it out in the dark and there's still, there's still light, okay? In order for us to glow, we must come near the light. The light is what starts us aglow. The light is what keeps us aglow. You guys can turn the lights back on. <laughs> in God's light you can be set alight. And so what must we do to be set alight then by God? What must we do to be like this putty approaching God being set alight? There's a story in the Bible of, uh, of Jesus and he heals a man who was born blind. And if you think about blindness, that's basically like being in the dark your whole life if you were born that way. And so Jesus heals this man born blind and after Jesus heals him the religious leaders call him in for questioning and they say who healed you You said well I don't know what happened but that man Jesus he healed me and they say no there's no way they're so sure of their reason they say we know Jesus couldn't have healed you this could not have happened then later in the story Jesus is speaking to those religious leaders and he says this to them he says now that you say we see Your guilt remains. What does Jesus mean by this? Jesus is saying that it is not that there are people who are of the light and there are people of the darkness. No. He is saying that there are only people in darkness. And there are people in the darkness who say, we know we're in darkness. And there are people in the darkness who say, we see. Like those religious leaders. And that sight then can only be received if we first realize we're blind. That you and I have no light in and of ourselves. Then the absence of the light of the world coming in, that you and I are in the dark. That we're in the dirt of who we are. And actually, that pure, beautiful light of God exposes the wrongness and the impurity in ourselves. But thank God right so we see how light exposes us and we feel ashamed as we come into it we want to hold off from it so how do we approach the light then light it, when it comes we feel judged don't it don't we But Jesus didn't come to bring judgment. He said that he came in order to bring life. That his coming is actually him taking the judgment upon himself in order so that we can have life. You see, there's a point in which Jesus was nailed up on a cross in death for you and for me. And a crown of thorns pressed down onto his head. And blood and sweat would have come down, dripped into his eyes, blinding them. And we couldn't even look at that. It was so shameful. We had to look away. The light of the world being covered in death for us. But here's the thing. Death could not hold him. The scripture says the light has shone in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. That Jesus was raised to life again. And because he was raised to life again, that you can then approach the light. That you can have healing in your life. Jesus can set you alight by his spirit. And so here's what this means for us now. That you cannot think your way into enlightenment. That you cannot work your way into living rightly before God. No, you like that blind man who said, This much I know. Okay, I don't know, but this much I do know. I was blind, but now I see. You must approach him like a child in humility and in trust. And he is the one that can set you alight. He is the one that can set you alight. There's a verse in Psalm 37 that says this. For in you is the fountain of life, and in your light we do see light. This is what it means to be the light of the world. That we humbly admit there is no light in and of ourselves, and we instead look to God, the source of all true light. And our verse goes on. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. A city. Situated on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And this is our second point, that not only do we reflect God, but we must be seen reflecting God. Seen, reflecting. You see, in the Bible, it tells us that even though we might have the Spirit of God, it's possible for us to hide your light, to sort of cover it up. This is what the song was saying, right? How did it go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The next verse. I'm going to let it shine. That's right. So what does it look like to hide your light? Well, I think there's sort of two things you can do. One is you can go like this. To live in such a way that the presence of God is not visible in your life. You can cover him. The Bible calls quenching. The other thing that you can do is you can live in such a way you hinder the work of the Spirit in your life. You can grieve him, the Spirit. And so you might be thinking, okay, when he's talking about this hiding your light, he means I need to stand up. I need to tell people that I'm a Christian. I need to be more bold in that way. And that's not really quite what I'm saying, actually, okay? Okay? Um, it could be, but I remember, I'll give you a story from me. I remember one of my friends in school coming up to me and say, Jordan, you know, you call yourself a Christian. This was not a Christian friend. He said, you call yourself a Christian, but Jordan, you do. And then he listed all these really bad things, things that everybody agreed was, was bad. And that, that comment from my friend really shook me inside because you see, well, I might name drop Jesus once in a while. It wasn't really about that. See, to hide our light is to live in such a way that the presence of God is not visible in us. To hide our light is to live in such a way that the presence of God is not seen in us. And so how do we allow God's light to be seen in us? The end of our verse says uh, that the light will be shown in all the house. It's not here on the screen. So this week, though, because of that, I'll be answering the question of what does it look like to be seen, showing our light, in the household of God, the church. Next week, Dwight's going to be answering it from the next verse's perspective, the light in the world. And so what does it look like to let your light be seen in the church?